All right, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And new memory verse for this month. Praise the Lord. How many have actually memorized that verse before? Yeah, I think a lot of us have. Well, we're just a refresher, amen, and uh, kind of look over it. I find a lot of times that uh, you memorize a verse. Actually, this one in January's verse, I had memorized it years ago. I don't remember ever stopping and putting it to memory, but uh, when I was just reading through it, it just, you know, how it came to me, and it's not because I'm a good memorizer, because I've memorized verses, and I was going through Philippians chapter 1, and uh, as we learn the Bible together, and as we memorized Philippians chapter 1, as I was reciting it over, I got to a certain verse that I had practiced over and over and over, and it wasn't there. And I just couldn't remember it, and I didn't have my Bible, and to look it up and to find it, and that's a that's a bad feeling. But anyway, I think we'll just keep at it, amen? First Thessalonians chapter 4, we're just going to look at one verse today. The Bible says in verse 1, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us and how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be here today. Lord, I do thank you so much for uh, how this day started. Lord, we we're so grateful, and I believe I can speak for each and every one of us. Father, we're excited to be here today. Um, Father, where it's not storming, we can be gathered together on a Sunday morning on the first day of the week, Father. And Lord, start our week off right. And so, Father, I pray that you'd have your perfect way with everything that's done here, Father, with this message. I pray, Lord, that you just completely keep me out of the way. And Father, as we just read a minute ago, uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Father, this message would be sent today by the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we receive this message, and it would stir our hearts up, Father, and and that we would want to do more for you. Lord, I pray that you'd help me. I need your help, Father. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That was the first word. It says, furthermore. It's an adverb. Moreover, besides, in addition to what has been said. To what is this? So what has the Lord showed us in the previous chapters that we are to add to this? We're not just forgetting about it, but we're to add to this. Now, if I was to ask how many can remember all the messages that was preached from uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and through 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I mean, I'm sure I could just, like you could just, I hopefully you could, but I couldn't. I, I mean, I have them in my, uh, in my little book there as I'm studying through this. But it's important that we understand. Hopefully the Lord has been teaching us something as we study through this, this, this book, this epistle. As we learn it, now he's not saying now we're just going to forget those things, but he's saying... Furthermore, adding to these. Now, with those, add this. And there's a lot of things in the Word of God that the Bible says to add to. And you look at, is it first, first Peter where he's talking to add to this and, and add to that and add to this. And there's some certain, certain things that we have to add to our life as a believer. And Paul assured them of his love and his devotion for the church. Uh, and for, for this church and for his church, he presented a challenge unto them through the life uh, that he had lived before them. And as we come to chapter 4, Paul turns uh, his focus towards the church and the life that believers are to live. Now he's talking about the gospel. He talked about uh, in chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 3. 
He talked about them being saved and how they have been growing, how they've had examples and how they should be growing. And now he's coming here to this church and how they should be living. This is how they should be living. And if we don't have a reminder, a constant reminder every single day is that this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're not supposed to do. You don't do this and you do that. You know, it kind of uh, is something when we hear people say, well, I don't like the Bible because it's a bunch of don'ts. And I say, praise the Lord for some don'ts. Amen. I, I praise the Lord when it when there's a sign up that says, uh, danger, do not cross. And because the bridge washed out. Weren't we glad for a sign that said, do not cross? I don't want to, I'm not going to worry about those signs. I'm going to keep on driving and uh, just go down there and see how things work out. It's not going to work out very well. And in this life, if you don't have some things, some warning signs that come up from the word of God to say, stop, don't do that. There's going to be destruction. And we see many people around us today that are living their lives have been destroyed. Understand this. There is no God given to a believer who's going to live a life apart from the will of God. To live a life apart from the Lord's church. Amen. So you're not going to say, well, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to do it my way. And I've got the word of God and I'm going to do things my way and I'm going to reach the world my way. No, it doesn't happen that way. God has given, given us some guidelines. And unless we adhere to them, unless we hold to them, we are out of the will of God. And you cannot be out in the will of God unless you're part of one of his churches. Amen. The Lord is showing us how we are to walk to please him. I don't know about you, but I, that's one thing that I want to do as a Christian. I want to please the Lord. I want to please the Lord. Now, I hopefully I can speak for everybody here that that's our goal in life is to honor and to glorify our Lord. Amen. I want, I want to please the Lord. So we come to this. It says here in, in verse one, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus. He says here to beseech. It means to entreat, to supplicate, to implore, to ask or pray with urgency, urgency. You say, why do some people get so excited? Why does it seem like the preacher gets all excited sometimes over certain things? Why does it seem like he gets just like wound right tight over certain ideas that he has that he wants to do at the Lord's leading? I mean, he just wants everybody involved. Why? Because time is short. There's an urgency of the hour. We sing that song, and as the Lord placed that song in my heart this week, to throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, Folks, my goodness, may we not spend all our time doing what we want and how we want it, but may we spend some time in the precious Word of God, memorizing the Word of God. I was reading this week that the we're familiar, we did a study years ago on the uh, uh, the early Christians, and, and one of the groups that we studied, some of our Baptist forefathers, was the Waldenses, and, and how they were so persecuted and how they kept the Word of God. And I was thinking about this, and if I try to, if I'm going to try to encourage you today, as, as it says here also in this verse, to exhort means to encourage, to embolden, to cheer, to, to advise. If I could give any advice today, they, these people would be uh, living under the fear of death. I mean, they were literally hunted like they were animals. And they had the word of God. And in that time, in the dark ages, if you were caught, with any portion of the word of God, you were immediately tortured and killed and they tried to wipe you off the face of the earth. 
and they would study the word of God and they would, they would, uh, uh, they would memorize scripture to the point. So if any time anybody would come in, if the Pope and his armies would come and they would completely go through and destroy all written manuscripts, they knew enough by memory to recreate the scriptures. I thought about this. What if somebody come today and took all of our Bibles and said, here, you can use this version, but we're going to do away with all the other versions. Would we have enough to recreate portions of the scripture? Could we have chapters or books, a verse? I think so many times that we are so lazy. We are lazy. We like things, folks. I'm I'm serious. We are very lazy because we'd like we'd rather sit down and watch something with our eyeballs instead of read something in a book. We have we still have books at our house. I understand. We like to watch some different videos and things, and and I want to show a video here with this month, Lord willing, with the church. And I'm not against videos, but I, it should never replace reading. We were talking to the kids the other day, and we mentioned something. They were like, well, we never knew about that. And we said, both Josie and I told them, we said, because you need to read more. You need to read more. You know, we're so lazy when it comes to to the the Word of God. How many times do we get up in the morning and try to hurry up and read through so we can hurry up and get, you know, God kind of out of the way so we can start our day instead of reading through with a pen, a paper, and a highlighter. And Lord, show me. Show me today. Show me. I'll ask the boys periodically, what has the Lord showed you today? What did the Lord tell you today? And you say, well, what, what, what do you mean? What do I mean is I want my kids listening for the word of God. I don't care. Listen, most important thing they can have in this life. Yes, education. I'm, I'm for it. Why? Because they can serve the Lord. Not so they can serve themselves and make a whole bunch of money and take care of dad, mom in our old age, but so they can serve the Lord. What has the Lord showed you every single day? He says here to beseech, exhort by his authority in his name and for his glory. Not for ours. Not for our glory. Not so that Andy Nestle can get his name in the latest Baptist magazine or, or newspaper or what have you. And so I get my picture and boy, I'm just become a household name. No, if nobody ever knows my name. But if souls are saved and names are written down in heaven because somebody was faithful, somebody in a small church that was just faithful to go, we've got to go. We've got to reach the lost. We've got to throw out the lifeline. And then it'd be all worth it because God gets the glory. 2 Peter 3, verse 11 says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? You know what that's talking about? In the context, it's talking about this world is going to melt with fervent heat. Those precious things that we have, those things that we hold to and that we love, and boy, we think a lot of them. And, and, and I'm not against having nice things. I believe a Christian, I believe your house ought to look nice. I think it ought to be a good testimony to the community of what God has done for you. I believe that I, I just everything about our life should be a testament to the world of what God has done for us. But I do not think we should have things that we love so much that are holding us back that are holding us back, seeing then that all these things, all these things shall be dissolved. They're going to melt away. They're going to burn up. Those things that we hold to and we fight so hard for, five years, 
most of them within a year we won't even remember. We won't remember. But I I know something that we will that will never fade away, that the gates of hell will not prevail against it, and that's the church of the living God. Amen. And everything that you invest in the church of the living God, everything that you invest for the Lord can never be taken away. It has eternal values. In the context of this verse, the world and all it is, is in it will melt away. The things that we have and hold in high regard will, will pass away. And it says, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? What manner of people should we be living in the day and age that we're living in? May God have mercy on our souls. It seems like we're slacking, folks, so much. We're so invested in everything else but what we should be invested in. And before this chapter is over that we're looking at here today, we'll be reminded of the coming of our Lord. Praise the Lord, what a day that will be. I like the song, what a day that will be. Amen. Knowing that we will not face him and have him judge us for our sins. I don't know about you, but I, I, I say praise the Lord. Yes, sir. I don't want to face the Lord as a judge. He's, we will not face him as the judge for our sins. They have been judged. Our sins have been, been judged. The Lord himself took the punishment of our sins on himself that day on Calvary. However, there is a record book. There is a record that's being kept, amen? It's not something that the Lord has kept a secret from us. But he tells us in Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that fought upon his name. I would encourage you to do this. Don't listen to garbage. Don't watch trash. Fill your mind with the things of God. Amen. Fill your mind with the things of God. I don't know. Our church doesn't seem like we're real big on sports. But if you do find yourself watching a sports game and stuff comes on that a Christian has no business sitting there watching, find yourself turning it off. Please don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Don't take the Lord of the... Oh my goodness. God... Forgive us the times that we fail him anyway. But just to blatantly do it because the world says it's acceptable. My God, help us. You see, you can build a life that will crumble. There's, there's lives that we know in, in the word of God. We talk about uh, the man who built his house upon sand and the, the storms came and the house blew, blew away. But there's also Christians that have built their lives that have crumbled. Oh, they're saved. Yet so as by fire, the Bible says. They're saved, but that they have nothing to show for a life that was lived. Oh, everything that they have to show how great a life they have is all going to burn up. It's going to waste away. God have mercy on us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. He shall receive, receive a reward. You can build a life that will crumble. If it's a life for yourself, it will fail. You can be a member of this church. You can hold the word of God, the King James Bible in your hand, and you can memorize scripture. But if you're building your life for yourself, I encourage you to memorize scripture. 
I would love nothing better than to have every, just it would take a half hour to get through everybody reciting the memory passage for the month. I would say, praise the Lord. God would be glorified. God would be honored. Amen. If that was the case, I would love nothing better. But if you're doing it because, well, the preacher, if if I don't, the preacher's going to get after me. No. But hopefully the Holy Spirit of God does. Hopefully the Holy Spirit of God does. You may be rich. You may be famous. You may have everything that your heart desires on this earth. But when this is all over, it's all wood, hay, and stubble, the Bible says. We need to strengthen our walk. This life is all about our walk with the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31, it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This life is about our walk. We looked the other night just simply walking with the Lord. Having a walk with the Lord. Amen. He goes on to say that as ye have received of us. You know, there's not one single Christian living in the year 2020 that has any kind of excuse for not living for the Lord. With the freedoms that we have, with the material that we have at our fingertips, with the Word of God that we have, that you know what? I could go today, and I could go over here, and I could stand in Dixie Lee, and I could open my Bible, and I could start reading my Bible. Now, if I'm not obnoxious, and in people's faces, and up in their face, I could stand over in the corner, and I could quietly read my Bible. And as long as I'm not disturbing the peace, and, and guess what? I have the freedom to do that. They're not going to come in and rip my Bible and burn my Bible and, and throw me in prison because I'm a Christian. Now, I know, I know people get out in the street and they're in people's faces and everything else. I could go and I could stand on the street corner out here and I could stand there and read my Bible until my hand broke off, frozen, broke off. And guess what? People would ride by. They'd look at me. wouldn't think anything of me. They'd probably think I'm a lunatic because nobody ever does that. I could go over here to the courthouse and I could stand there and I could read the Bible. And we don't, I'm not, without fear of being persecuted. Right? right. right? We have the Word of God. We have the freedom to go. We have the freedom to go to somebody's door and knock on their door and to give them the gospel. They can say, I don't want it. I don't want to hear it. And I don't want to ever see you again. Guess what? It doesn't change the fact that we had to go there in the first place to tell them about the saving gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says that you have received of us. You want to know how to have the right relationship with your spouse? It's found in the Word of God. We have it. It's not something we have to wonder about. It's not something we have to go to counselors over. We have it in the Word of God. You want to know how to have a godly home? Well, yes. When you go and you get that book by a certain individual. No, you get his book, the book. You want to know how, what, what, you want to know what God requires of you as a man, as a husband, as a dad? Do you want to know what God requires of us? Yes, well, there's this, there's this man who wrote a book. No, it's in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. It's right there. It's there for us to see. We can see it. It's not hidden from us. It's not a secret. It's not something that, oh man, I wish I could find this secret formula. 
You know what God requires of you as a, as a lady, as a, as a mother, as a wife? It's found in the word of God. It's not something, well, I don't know what to do. I've never done this before. Because God says, here, I give this to you. This is how you're to do it. And not only that, but guess what? This is such a living book. When you're reading it, you're like, oh, yes, Lord, I was doing that wrong. Oh, thank you, Lord, I was doing that right. Thank you for showing it to me because it's a living book. Whatever we need for the questions that we have in life is found in the book. Well, I wonder if there is life after death. And if somebody sent me this link, it's, it's, it's all about um, the uh, mystery of life. The mystery of life, where it came from. And the animals that, that were prehistoric creatures. You ever think about that word prehistoric? <laughs> I mean, they they were they were back there. Someday we'll be prehistoric. Amen. Yeah, but what about the animal that, that yeah, I've seen some pretty strange things too. And that's just when I was at Walmart. I mean <laughs> I didn't even go out in the jungle. That you have received of us. God has given us an instruction manual for life. Amen. And he goes on to say how you ought to walk and to please God. We no longer have a right to our own life. We belong to the Lord. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23. You are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. That means you don't even be your own servant. Something that controls you, something that you can't go without. Guess what? You're a slave to it. And the Bible says that he's commanded us not to be that way. The life that we have has been given to us. We are to live this life every day to please our Lord. You may say, well, Pastor, is that possible to live our life every day to please the Lord? You don't know what I face every day. You don't know the kind of people that I got to work with. You don't know what, what I have in my family. What, did I, what have I said over and over and over? When the Bible gives a command, he gives also an example of how that command can be carried out and how it was carried out. Not how it can be, but how it was carried out. Well, can I live for the Lord? Well, can I ask you this? What Old Testament character do we use as an example of the New Testament saints? Can anybody tell me? What Old Testament character? He was not because he was translated. Anybody? Ring a bell? Enoch? All right. So Enoch is an Old Testament character that we use as a picture of the New Testament saints. Enoch was taken. He was translated. One day, praise the Lord, we will be translated out of here. We will be raptured out of here. Amen. Before the wrath of God comes upon this earth, before the wrath of God fell in the flood, Enoch was taken out. Do you understand that? So look back at Hebrews chapter 11, if you would. Hebrews chapter 11. I think it would be safe to say that in his time, in Enoch's time, the world was pretty wicked. Would you, would you agree with me? I don't think it was a time that that Enoch was living and everybody was just loving the Lord. And boy, there was just great gatherings of people praising the Lord and singing and fellowshipping. And No, I think it was a pretty wicked time. And I think it got worse and worse and worse. But guess who was not affected by how worse and how bad the, word, the world got? This man called Enoch. 
In Hebrews chapter 11, we have him. We call it the hall of faith in the word of God. In verse 5, it says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. That he pleased God. There's no excuse for us as New Testament believers not to please the Lord. There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for New Testament believers not to, 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 to know the Word of God, not to be consumed with the Word of God, not to be filled with the hymns of, 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 that we sing. I, I would encourage you to, to be thinking on a hymn, be singing a godly psalm. There's, there's so much. Listen, the devil has a thousand to one songs that he'll put in your mind to keep you from praising the Lord. You're not going to praise the Lord by singing your cheating heart. God's not going to be praised. You're not going to praise the Lord, but you can praise the Lord by singing, Redeemed How I Love to Proclaim It. He will praise the Lord by singing, How Great Thou Art. I don't know about you, but man, this morning you might have been distracted, and I pray you weren't, but when we were worshiping in song, when we sing that song that God, my His Son not sparing, sent Him to die, my goodness, when I started thinking about that, when I deserve to die, you deserve to die, that's what you deserve. There's no entitlement here. We are we deserve to burn in hell for eternity, but God said, I'll send my son. And the son said, I will go, and I will give my life that they may live. The walking is the means of pleasing the Lord. Our daily walk. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Hebrews 13, verse 16 says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. God is well pleased. Can I say that when we go as a church, when this Saturday comes, and I would beg of you, let's all be here. When we go out and we knock on doors and we give the gospel, the Lord is pleased. It's not take it or leave it, folks. It's throw out the lifelines. It's the boat sinking. Here's the, the lifeboats. Get in or you're going to die. You're going to drown. And there is no hope. I can imagine if we were on a ship today and it was sinking like the Titanic was. And here we are in the North Atlantic in the cold, cold water. And the ship is going down. And it's sinking and it's going down fast. And we can see it. And we're all up there. Oh, yeah, this ship's going down. I'm telling you right now, this ship's going down. We all gather in a certain room and we talk about the ship's going down. And it's going down quick. I'm telling you, it's not very soon this old ship's going down. I mean, I read the manual. And the random talks about it going down, how quick it's going down. And then we walk out of that room and it's like, how you doing today? It's a beautiful day. Boy, I don't know. They say it's going down. <laughs> Boy, it's something. He said, that's ridiculous. First of all, we would be screaming at the top of our lungs. We'd be up trying to get the lifeboats in the water and get life jackets on people. Would we? Do you know that people that we know and rub shoulders with that we're related to are not even seconds away from spending eternity and fire forever and ever and ever. I wonder who's going to win a Super Bowl tonight. I wonder. 
Can't wait to see who's going to win it. Don't know who's playing, but I wonder who's going to win it. Boy, it's important, though. Man, you know what's a big thing? You ever wonder about this? What is the losing team going to do with all their merchandise that says they won the Super Bowl? <laughs> People are dying and going to hell. And we're worried about things that have no consequences. We're worried about things. We're all keyed up over things. We, we don't like this. And did you hear what so-and-so said? No, I don't hear what so-and-so says. And if I did, it's because my old pride got in the way. But people are lost. They're dying. And they're going to hell. And their only hope is a church with people that tell them the truth. Somebody said a higher sanctity consists in living under a sense of his divine approval. A walk implies motion, progression, continual approach to a definite goal. The Thessalonians not only received the, the wisest counsel that they could receive from, from the Apostle Paul, but notice it was not just his words. It was the word of God. It was the word of God. It wasn't just Paul coming there and boy, he's a great preacher. I mean, great. I, I, just, love, I just love listening to him preach. There's people that I don't like listening to preach, but it's the word of God. And I listen because I need to. Because God's going to try to show me something. Amen? Is it possible to live a life that's pleasing to God? Absolutely, it is. And he goes on to say this, and lastly, he says, So you would abound more and more. To abide in the faith of the gospel is not enough. We must abound more and more in the work of that faith. You say, well, yeah, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to be faithful to church. Wow. I'm, I'm so glad. And I'm, you know, well, I'm, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be faithful. I tell you what, I'm going to come to church at least once a week, and I'm going to tip God $10 if he needs it or not. I don't care. That's just what I'm going to do. Wow. Man, I'm telling you, I'm saying someday your rewards are going to be like, the Lord's going to be like, where's your dump truck, you know, to put all these Oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and I'm going to do that. No, the greatest way to please the Lord is to have a walk for him. Simply walking with the Lord. So you would abound more and more. The rule according to which we should walk and act is the commandments given by the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we are to live our life. The Christian's maturity is never finished on this side of eternity. You say, well, I've reached this point uh, that I, I think that I've, I've, I've gained that point. You take somebody who is a, a godly lady or a godly man who spent hours praying and seeking the Lord's face. And you go to them and say, man, I just want to come and be with you because you're such a godly person. And they'll probably tell you, oh, no, I'm not. I'm so wicked. I'm so wicked because they can actually see themselves in the light of God and his glory. No matter how a Christian, how far a Christian has come in love and holiness, they can still abound more and more. Now, let's be clear. No matter what we are doing, we should increase what we are doing for the Lord. We are to increase. I know automatically everybody thinks finances. Oh, well, preacher, here goes the preacher again. He's talking about money. Uh, he want, He must want to raise or something, you know, or he wants to buy something here. He wants to buy new tires or no, 
It's not just about money. Ultimately, we'll stand before God how we live and what we give. You don't have to answer to the pastor. You don't have to answer to the trustees or or a deacon board. No, you have you, but you do have to answer to the Lord. No matter what we are giving, our love should abound more and more. Our witnessing should abound more and more. Our our praying, our Bible study, our Bible memorization, our good deeds should abound more and more. We shouldn't be slowing down or slacking off for any reason, folks. As the manner of some is, the Bible says, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. The day's coming. And I say whatever the Lord has laid on your heart, whatever he has given you to do, we should do it more. It shouldn't be, oh, well, you know, I, I've been, you know, I'm going to teach Sunday school. I've been teaching Sunday school for now. Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to get in there and see what we can do. No, no, no. Or, I, I, you know, I'm just going to get up and lead the singer. I'm going to get up and sing a special. I'm just going to, you know, get it over with. No, no, no. Why would we think that way? More and more. It should be, oh, my goodness, did you hear that singing? Boy, didn't that bless your heart? Boy, the Lord sure is praised today. Boy, I'm telling you, they're just trying to get better and better to please the Lord. To please the Lord. There's a man by the name of Robert Arthington, I think is the way you would say his name. He was a Quaker. He was raised a Quaker. And then later on in his life, he got right with the Lord. And he was he joined a Baptist church. He was scripturally baptized and joined a Baptist church. His, his mother and I believe his sisters were all with him. But anyway, this man was a very, very wealthy, wealthy man. He lived in a single room, cooked his own meals, and shared his friendship with the students who were in need. But he had tremendous amounts of money. But during his life, he gave, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars away to missions. After his death, he had willed most of his his inheritance to the, I believe it was called the Baptist Missionary Society. And he had some family, so he left his family some, some money, but most of his money went towards missions. And when he died, they were going through his things, and they found a letter. It was a letter written to him from a missionary. And this is what it said. Were I in England again, I would glad to live in one room, make the floor my bed, a box my chair, another my table, rather than the heathen should perish for the lack of knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it says nobody knows because he didn't tell anybody. But they say that most likely he lived out his life, giving his all that people could hear the gospel. Now, I, I don't look around our church and see wealthy people. But what I want to see is people who are sold out for the Lord, that are willing to give our all, that somebody else can hear the gospel. Somebody else can hear the gospel. You say, well, why, why does another missionary have to go? I mean, why does another missionary have to go there? There's already a missionary there. There's two missionaries there. I think about this all the time. Why in the world? For reasons that I don't know, that I may never know, did God look down and call Andrew Nisley to 
to preach. And not only that, but to bring me across the border into Canada, into Carlton County. I have no idea. I would have never picked that. If you'd have said, well, where most likely will you pastor someday, it would, have not, it would not have been here. I could tell you probably 50 people that I think would probably be a better pastor than me and would do better here than me. God didn't call them here and God didn't put them here. And so you know what? We're submitted to the Lord. It's not about what we think is better and what, what we think should happen. It's about following the one who knows what is the best. You see, when there's there's place and God sends somebody and then God sends somebody else, there might be somebody there that hasn't been reached. You know how personalities are. I mean, my goodness, personalities can be can be somebody's downfall sometimes. But also you can walk into homes. I, I can remember going into a home here, and I'm not going to mention his name but because we are recording it. But I remember going to this home, and Brother Elton told me, oh, no, he said, you, you don't want to go there. He said, we should probably just leave it because he said, I'm he does not like Baptist. He does not like Baptist preachers. And I thought about it. I said, you know, Elton, I think we need to go. We need to. Because it doesn't matter if they like Baptist preachers or not. I mean, people still need to be saved. And I remember we went there, and I was ready for or who knows what. I mean, I was just ready for my face to get ripped off and told to get out of his house and everything else. You know what? We went there and had a really good conversation. It started off that he didn't like Baptist. I'll never forget going in. He's like, I tell you right now, I introduced myself. And I said, hi, I'm Andrew Nisley. I'm pastor of McKenzie Corner Baptist Church. And he goes, oh, really? I say right now, I cannot stand Baptist preachers. And I said, well, I actually, I can probably agree with you. There's a lot that I have issues with myself. And he just kind of like he was taken back by that. And from that on, from then on, we could talk. I didn't go in there, you know, I'm better than you are. You know, I'm not going to listen to you. And God uses who he wants to use. I said this, I said that to say this. Who is God preparing for you to witness to? That I can't. Only you can. Because if I would go there. The Holy Spirit would say, no, it's not you that I want coming here. Yeah, but you're the pastor. You're, you're, you're paid, and that way you go out and you do the visiting. And Oh, yes, that's in uh, Second Acts chapter 1, right? Oh, it didn't make it there. No, I believe we're all responsible to go. Because you never know what house, that house you're going to knock on that door or the person you're going to pass on the sidewalk that is ready to be saved and just waiting for the right preacher to come by. And ladies, it could be you. Men, it could be you or it could be me. Who knows? But that's why we get up in the morning. That's when we start our walk with the Lord. Each and every morning we say, Lord, direct my steps today. That's why we pray as we pray in all thy ways acknowledge him. And he will direct thy paths. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd use this message to stir us up, Father, to be a witness, Lord. Help us not to get lazy and apathetic, Father, and just sit back and think somebody else is going to do it, Lord. Help us to be true and faithful to you and your calling. 
Lord, I love you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.